Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What up, world? Welcome to all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and the boys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, February 2nd, 2022. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and yes, I think it's cool that today's date is 2 2 22. Also, I want to remind you that the Ocho is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel your Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center training facility. Each two-ounce bag, two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, Biltong 32, and each meat stick appropriately has Ocho grams of protein. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for you as well. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced, all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. That is RighteousFelon.com, discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. I'm recording this on Wednesday, February 1st, so not 2-2-22, and it is 3.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. Manchester United is about to advance in the care Cup. One of my teams is going to get a trophy here in 2022 or 2000. Did I say that? I messed all that up, actually. Oh my gosh. I'm just not realizing that I messed the date up. Um, you know what I could do as I say this out loud? I could go back and re record the beginning, but I'm not going to do that because I'm authentic. All right. I messed up the date. It's still super early in the year. All right. I'm a month in. So excuse me for thinking it was 2 2 22. It's 2 2 23. Uh, so one of my teams is going to get a trophy at least uh, in 2023 it seems, with Manchester United. The Houston Astros, of course, obviously going to repeat as World Series champions. Perhaps the Dallas Cowboys will join them, but if they do win the Super Bowl uh, next season, that will, of course, come in the calendar year of 2024. Maybe I'll get it right uh, a year from now. Um, How are the Cowboys going to get to that point? Obviously, we have a long way to go throughout the entire offseason. We have a lot of things to figure out. They have a lot of things to figure out. Uh, I discussed some of these things today with our very special guest, Keith McPherson. Keith is awesome. Keith is such a great follow on Twitter at Keith underscore McPherson. And I mentioned this to him and you'll hear him talk about it. He has a a billion different jobs. I mean, he's on WFAN. He's on MLB Network. He loves the Dallas Cowboys. That is going to be very obvious. We're going to throw this conversation up on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Um, Actually, that'll go up on Friday, but you can see in his command center that he is all Cowboys out. Uh, So let's go ahead and get to it. Keith and I, we talked about the offseason as a whole, concerns we have as my son cries in the background he is obviously upset you know he's he's over one so he's experienced two Dallas Cowboys seasons and um you know they've been to the playoffs both times I want to tell him like hey son you know I know they haven't won the Super Bowl but it can be a lot worse all right let's go ahead and get to the conversation Keith McPherson from everywhere all over the world joins us next right here on the Ocho Pleased to be joined now here at Blog of the Boys by the one, the only, the legendary, the incomparable, internationally famous. Um, I don't even know how to properly describe how many jobs he has because it feels like there's way too many of them. Keith <laughs> McPherson, thank you so much. Uh, we were talking about Michael Jordan before we started recording. This is your flu game. We don't have to get too much into it, but um, kind of your flu game, so to speak. Uh, welcome to Blog of the Boys. And um, yeah, like maybe you can tell us all of your jobs because I feel like there are way too many to keep keep track of. RJ, thanks for having me. I'm glad I could make it. Uh, yeah, so I'm just getting over food poisoning. I was on air on WFAN in New York City Monday night, and at like 1230, I'm on air. Like, I'm not feeling well, folks. I got to step out. I step out. I come back in, and I got to end my show. Uh, I, I just knew I had to get home, and I went through it Tuesday night from about 1 a.m. to about 7 or 8 in the morning, and then I slept all day yesterday. And you and I had already planned this, and I was so excited about getting the chance to come on blogging the boys and 
uh, actually get to talk to you being a lifelong Cowboys fan and uh, someone who's followed you and your content. I didn't want to switch that date. And I was literally hoping I was good, like hoping I was fine. And I'm fine now. Um, still haven't ate that much. Still trying to get my my liquids in. But uh, yeah, I, I do a few different things and I, I'm blessed. Like I'm just a wild sports fan. I played every sport growing up and uh, I went to college for radio and television communication. And it took a while, it took about 11 years for it to all really hit. But, uh, you know, you just mentioned MLB Network. You're wearing the wrong hat, but the right hat <laughs> for this show. And uh, I, I do the show called Off Base, which is a new show that MLB Network took a chance on last season. We're hoping it comes back for season two. Uh, it's just, you know, a younger approach to talking about baseball. I already mentioned that I host on WFAN at nights, the legendary WFAN. Mike Francesa is on first take right now. Mike and the Mad Dog reunion. <laughs> Uh, people might know the 30 for 30 with Mike and the Mad Dog. WFAN is the first 24-hour sports radio station, and it started right in New York City. And there's hundreds of thousands of people that tune into that, uh, not just through the radio, but through the Odyssey app. And I know there's the fan. Uh, I think it's 103.5 in Dallas. And You're close, you know, 105.3. It's the, the home of the Cowboys. They, yeah, they, they're, they're good friends of ours. I just you know, don't want to, you know. No, I don't want to mess them, them up, but I wanted to give them a shout out too. Like, you know, what they do is similar to what we do here in New York. Uh, I also have been in the podcast game for years now. I've done three different Yankees podcasts. I have one podcast for the Brooklyn Nets called Talking Nets. And I uh, never really got anybody to do any type of cowboy stuff with me. I live literally in Giants Jets land. I live 20 minutes from MetLife Stadium. And uh, I've grown up with Giants fans and Jets fans. And even now on the radio, I get heckled all the time online and on air. Stop talking about the Cowboys. Nobody cares about the Cowboys. But they know that's not true. There are Cowboys fans all across the globe. And uh, we get Cowboys fans to call in and talk to me almost every single night. So. Yep, that's that's awesome, it. dude. Um, I really hope you guys come back for season two. First of all, selfishly, you handed the whole crew like I, it's 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 a really great like. I mean, everything is awesome. And and again, like I um, you know, listening to you kind of talk about your career, I think about something, and I feel this way sometimes that my dad told me a long time ago. Um, you know, because sometimes it does take time. Um, and he said, you know, son, at some point you're gonna be so busy, and you're gonna say like, man, if I had just had a fraction of this, like way way back when, like like that fraction would have been so much for me at the time. And it kind of sounds like that's your daily life, like with every podcast and moving here that like I've never been to New York, actually. Um, like, you know, and I kind of feel like when I do, like it'll be a little bit overrated, like oh, Statue of Liberty, whatever. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I don't know if you're like taking subways or taxi cabs or whatever the case may be. But like, I'm sure um, you're always hustling and bustling and you've got a lot of um, like extra battery packs to charge your phone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. Uh, New York is insane. I drive everywhere. The pandemic did that to me. I stopped taking the train once COVID hit. This was ground right. zero for COVID. And it, like it was uh, a, a horror movie to see some of the stuff that went on. Like homeless people took over the subway. But <laughs> Statue of Liberty uh, is, is actually in Jersey City. And they never say that. Whatever. I live in Jersey City right across the Hudson River. And I've been to the Statue of Liberty a bunch of times. It, it is overrated. I mean, if you're a history buff, go there. But like once you actually go there, you're not going to be you're just going to look up when you finally get to see it. And then you're going to want you're going to want to leave. And the only way to get there is by ferry. You can't drive there and you've got to wait. And there's going to be like 200 people trying to get on the ferry. You probably will miss the ferry you're waiting on. But yeah, New York is is, is wild. And um, what I will say is that like I, I, I say I'm blessed. I'm blessed because it was quiet for me. I was unemployed and I, I took the road less traveled. I was doing social media work. Um, I told you I worked at Fubo TV. We were just talking about watching sports on Fubo TV. I think it is the greatest over-the-top streaming platform for sports fans because you can watch everything in one app. I mean, they're still working on getting TNT. I don't know if they're going to get TNT. They're they're holding out. Look, but they dude, have I, everything else. I can else. figure it out. I, I can figure it out for March Madness. I can get you know. I can figure it out. I'm fine. Like <laughs> PBS you know, I'm, and True TV. I'm okay with it. It's it's a it's a fine trade off for everything I get year round for me to have to get a little bit creative. It is tough for the MLB playoffs, like the initial games that are on TBS. Like that's the only yeah. part that's a little bit different. The money in all of that is where we're at right now. And I just told you about the streaming and going from cable to streaming services. And there's just bidding wars on everything. But yeah, with me, I was in the city. I worked at MTV. I worked at Fubo TV. I worked at Rock Nation Sports Agency. And it just got to the point where it wasn't fulfilling enough. And I saw people emerging in the YouTube space and in the podcast space. And I'm like, that's me. That's where I belong. 
And I learned how to do all the back end stuff, all the social media, the video editing, scheduling. And I just jumped out of the window. I tell people I literally quit my job at Jay-Z Sports Agency in the middle of Manhattan. Nothing lined up. Uh, I collected unemployment for a little while, but I bought a new camera. I bought a new MacBook and I started creating content and putting myself out there. And not before long, people started to recognize who I was and what I could do. And I'm blessed to say it worked. And I'm on radio and TV in the greatest city in the world. That's sick, dude. Um, congrats on everything. I mean, again, I'm a big fan. You and I got connected um, somewhat recently on Twitter. Um, and I was just like, how I, I you know, like you're so busy. Like, I, I was like, how did I not follow Keith? I don't even I was looking thinking about it. I don't think I follow Hannah on Twitter either. And that's a big problem. Like, I just but Hannah again, doesn't really I, even I, like Twitter because she gets okay, criticized but, all the time. But. You know, dude, I was following, I think I was following you on Instagram and I wasn't following you on Twitter. So that was easy. That was a quick follow. But I've I've just known of you and what you do with the Cowboys being a Cowboys fan. I feel like if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan looking for content, you're like the top guy, if not like one of the best guys covering it. Like, you're the man. I feel like, I mean, I'm not trying to, trust you, this is our first time talking. I'm not trying to like butter you up because I'm on your show. Like, if you're a Cowboys fan, I'm a Cowboys fan in New Jersey, New York City looking for people that actually cover the team day in and day out. And you're the guy. Keith, you're the man. I appreciate it. Um, let's talk some Cowboys. So I tweeted um, before you came on the night before, not knowing you were battling food poisoning at the time, obviously. Um, so I inundated your mentions. And you said you didn't look. So kudos to you. Uh, maybe you pulled a Hannah, I guess, and just like ignore Twitter. Uh, but, um, you know, I tweeted, you know, asking people what their number one concern is heading into the offseason. This is a weird week. We're recording this on Wednesday. It's the 1st of February. And the Cowboys are having to deal with, obviously, the Eagles being in the Super Bowl, whatever. That's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. They might win it. Um, Cowboys moved on from Kellen Moore. Now the new offensive coordinator of the Chargers. They have not. They, they might. This episode's going out on Thursday. I hadn't told you that. Um, so it's possible that they name a new offensive coordinator in title before then or before this goes out. But Mike McCarthy is slated to call plays. Your thoughts on where the Cowboys are at. You were so excited. And we were. Uh, I was interacting with you on Instagram from the VTB account the day of the 49ers playoff game. You were all pumped. You're like, what jerseys are we wearing? Like, I got to get going. I got to get in my battle armor. And then it was such a deflating loss. I think we we all kind of lulled ourselves into thinking this team was just like, this was going to be the one. This was going to be the team that broke through, went to the title game, beat Philly. We were going to get the rubber match between Dak and Hurts and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it just really kind of left us all feeling flat. We had the revenge script lined up, man. We had it lined up. We knock off Tom Brady, which congratulations, everyone. The last <laughs> team to defeat the greatest football player of all time, depending on who you ask, it's the Dallas Cowboys, right? He doesn't retire undefeated against Dallas. We got one. So at least we can celebrate that. But we had the revenge script lined up, right? You know, go knock off the Niners who beat us in Jerry World last year. And then we would get to face the Philadelphia Eagles, who we beat this year. And mm -hmm. they beat us, but it was with backup quarterbacks. And after watching that game, against the 49ers, the Cowboys would have played a much better game and probably could have beat them because and uh, we could do a whole podcast on what I think about this Eagles team. But I looked at this <laughs> I looked at this tournament as wow, if there ever was a time for the Cowboys to get there, it would like looking at the NFC, old man Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, Jalen Hurts who in my opinion is not much of a thrower. He misses open guys. They run zone read with him like this is college football. Like, I'm looking at Dak as a seven-year veteran. I'm looking at some of the guys on our defense, and I'm like, if the, you know, defense wins championships. Micah Parsons talking about going to the bowl. I always wear my, my 11 Micah Parsons. I think he's the best defensive player in the league. I thought this was the year. I was so excited. And then to watch the Cowboys in that game where all you had to do was score 20 points, come on. This is an offense that's put up 30 every game. Right, one of the highest scoring offenses in the league, and all, we couldn't we couldn't figure out how to get twenty. We couldn't figure out how to get twenty points. Well, uh, everything went against us. You know, Tony Pollard getting hurt like that it hurt mm. that day, and it hurts going into next year. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, as many touchdowns as he had uh, in the red zone, he, you know, he just wasn't going to be a weapon in yeah. that game. He he's cooked like he's past his prime. They didn't want to go to Malik Davis in that spot at all. I guess. And uh, with Dak, the dreaded two-interception game that we've seen all year rears its ugly head, and, and you can't win those games, not against the Niners' defense. You, you can't win those games, turn the ball over, and uh, missing opportunities. So uh, for me, going into this next year, there's a few problems, and, and they're with the offense. Dan Quinn coming back, 
Dan Quinn coming back is the biggest, like, I know there's going to be changes, but Dan Quinn could have went and taken probably the Colts job or some other job. He's been a head coach before. He probably will be again. Him staying with this defense, this defense is going to get healthier. This defense is going to draft and add pieces, maybe even pick up a free agent or something. But the the offense is the issue completely and totally, right? Your five-year offensive coordinator is out, which I'm not mad about. But now the word is that Mike McCarthy is going to call plays. We have a running back problem. Mel Kuyper's suggesting we take Robinson out of Texas. I don't know if we want to do that. Um, And then we got to fix Dak. And I don't think Dak is broken. But when I, you know, watch Dak check plays all the time, and, you know, I think they're like him and Kellen Moore aren't always on the same page of what Kellen Moore wants him to be and what he is or what he wants to be. I feel like he he checked a lot of plays to get the team into the right play. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But, uh, you know, Dak is the one throwing the ball. Ultimately, at the end of the day, those turnovers are on him. He forced a lot of passes this year, uh, and he led the league in interceptions. And I know people are going to say, well, what about Josh Allen? And no one is saying, what about uh, Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow had two interceptions in the AFC Championship. All the Cincy fans still love him. I still have love for Dak, and I hope that this is a part of his story, right? More like the struggles. And, you know, you saw it with Jordan. and Jordan, he lost to the Pistons. And, you know, you had to you got to lose to know how to win. Like sometimes you just got to take some of these tough losses. And I think Dak obviously has a few more years, definitely with the Cowboys. And I, I think he can overcome it. But the, the main concern is who's going to be calling the plays and how are we going to surround Dak with talent? Similar to how like Jalen Hurts to me isn't the greatest thrower of the ball. He's a good leader. He can run the ball. He can run their offense. But they have studs around him across the offensive line at the receiver position. And of course, all over their defense. Yeah, I mean, so if if I took like all of the things I felt confident in in the Cowboys, like that that Sunday morning, that Sunday that they played San Francisco, um, Micah would have been one of them. The defense would have been one of them. Dan Quinn, right? Like, um, and like I don't even just mean positive things. Like, I mean, you know, I guess what would be perceived as negative things, like the fact that Zeke is not some he's not an explosive player. Like that was an idea I was confident in, right? Um, of all the ideas I was confident in, the one that kind of failed me was Dak, right? Like that morning, I would have said, like, especially coming off, you mentioned Tom Brady, like the game that Monday night, you know, it was like his finest hour. That was such a, a validating night, I think, to be a Cowboys fan who believed in Dak Prescott, right? It was this like, it was like, I told you moment, like all you losers and idiots who doubted and didn't think that Dak could do this. Like, look what he just did. And like, of course, the like narrative flip from like, I don't know, man, I would never count out Tom Brady to like, oh, dude, they were below 500, whatever. Um, so like the hardest, I think, reality to reckon with is is Dak, right? Like we I think it's maybe not universally, but for the most part, like agreed by everybody that like they have to figure out the running back issue. And Tony Pard's injury is a really unfortunate thing, whether or not they do want to tag him or pay him, whether they do want to, you know, move on. I, I think, you know, there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, if Zeke wants to come back, they want to restructure. I, I hate to say this, like I hate to root for pe- you know people to lose their jobs, but it's like, you know what? We, a reset wouldn't be a bad thing here. You know, like, let's just kind of, you know, refresh the whole room, so to speak. But the hardest truth to reckon with is Dak. Like, I believe in him. Totally with you. Like, top 10 quarterback, easily. I'm not going to sit here and quibble with people. Like, if you think whoever is better, blah, blah, blah. Like, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. He's going to turn 30 this year. I mean, that's still incredibly young. Um, But he failed. I mean, like, like I can't look past that. And I'm, I agree with you. Josh Allen failed. Joe Burrow failed. And I'm so jealous of those fan bases because they do rally around their guy. I mean, like, Cowboys fans seem to be the only fan base that sort of, like, hates their their players, right? Like, there are dudes who they love, like Mike or whatever. But um, it's frustrating to have the battles with Cowboys fans and, like, opposing fans. Um, but there's nowhere to run, right? Like, there's nowhere to hide. There's there's nowhere to kind of blame anybody else. Like, we've, I don't say been able to. Like, I'm, I'm not somebody who's tried to make excuses for Dak in the past. But, like, th- this is all on him. Like, he, he is center stage for the failure that we saw in San Francisco. And, yeah, you can say, like, the season was successful and he missed the five games and they still managed to get there and they won a playoff game, road win, and the Navy jersey, blah, blah, blah. But this is this is maybe the the most difficult offseason he's going to face. I mean, as far as, like, expectations are concerned. Is that fair in your mind? It is because, you know, even himself, post game, he says, this will never happen again. I can't take your word for that. <laughs> I watched, I watched this, you know, blow games to the Jaguars, to the Packers this year. And there were games where you have multiple interceptions. I watched you force passes. And, you know, maybe some of that is because you felt like you only had CD or Dalton Schultz and you tried to get them the ball. Or maybe it was because 
sometimes you were choosing to go to like there's one that sticks out it was it was fuller versus noah brown in that uh commander's game where he goes to the backside of the play and it's it's noah brown versus fuller who's captain of their defense one of the best corners and you go you go to noah brown and it turns into a pick six and it's like why what was that who who, who said to do that that's on deck that's on deck bro like so dak's got to be better and i know he knows he has to be better and um for the Cowboys fans that are upset about it, be upset at Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, that's Jerry Jones's guy. He defaulted into this. He ended up paying Dak what he's paying him. He's a $40 million quarterback. There's no excuses for a $40 million quarterback. Yeah. You're paid to be the best. Now, there are games where, like that Eagles game, where, you know, it's always a tale of two Daks. He threw that stupid interception to, I think, Josh Sweat, who was yeah, like coming on. off the edge. But then he came back and he was like, lights out. I think I read something on, on the star coverage uh, that he was like 24 for 24 against zone defense. So clearly the guy can read a defense. I'm here in New York where all they do is cry about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson cannot read a defense. Zach Wilson could not read uh, a junior varsity defense. At least we know that like Dak knows what he's doing. So I think this year there's a huge opportunity for Dak to get in a room with Mike McCarthy, who we learned he's got a good relationship with that they've spent time together. They've right. got to get in the room a lot, and they've got to talk about what Dak likes to do, what he wants to do, and what Mike McCarthy likes to do. And they've got to figure out some things, and then they got to put the talent around him, right? I, I think they failed him. Financially, a lot of the decisions that Jerry Jones made failed him. We can start with trading a number one pick for Amari Cooper and then deciding you want to move on from Mar Amari Cooper. Didn't you say you got Amari Cooper to find out if Dak was worth paying, right, when Dak was throwing the Bryce Butler and Cole Beasley like didn't you bring in Amari Cooper to get him a true one Amari Cooper's not done and you could see that by what he did with Jacoby Brissett and if next year him and Deshaun Watson get going Amari Cooper can emerge as one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL again I understand I want to pay him but you defaulted into saying okay CD you're the number one guy Michael Gallup coming off an of injury when you're back you're in there and then Noah Brown who like is not really like a game changer at all. He's he's a good enough receiver. He made enough plays, but that's not good enough to take you where Jerry Jones is, is clearly trying to go. Super Bowl. And Jerry Jones is getting up there in age, so I don't know what else he's waiting for. Uh, they got to get some more talent on the offensive side. Uh, my dog's barking in the background. I make this joke all the time when he barks. His name is Bear. Um, so he's like upset as a Cowboys fan and a Bears fan. Right? Like that's kind of his two team. Um, so uh, the Bears are in good joke. shape. The Bears got yeah, a number one overall pick and a lot of cap space. He's pumped. That's why he's chirping right now. But so I agree with you. And like something we say a lot around here is that multiple things could be true. So like we could sit here, we can put the appropriate amount of responsibility and blame on Dak Prescott's shoulders. But it can be true that Dak failed and that the, that the team failed around him. And I don't know why it took me so long to come to this realization. And I tweeted this recently. Um, so their whole thought process, right, was like, well, CD can replace the production that Amari Cooper gave us. They were right. Like, give them their credit, right? Like, I'm, I'm totally, you know, here to give the Cowboys their credit. What they did not replace was what CD gave them in addition to Amari, right? Like, the combination of Amari and CD Lame in 2021, they did not get that from their top flight duo in 2022. And in fact, I would argue that 2022 CD Lamb was a better receiver than 2021 Amari Cooper, right? Like, so fine. You want to sit here and say that, that CD is better than Amari? Cool. Great. Hang the banner. But you did not supplement that. That was the issue. I mean, like, you cannot. And it sounds like so rude to be like, you can't rely on Noah Brown, but you can't. Like, you're talking about this dude so deep in his career. You know, he's a great special teams player. Cool. You like him and stuff like that. But like, you need explosive guys. I mean, the Eagles already had Devontae Smith, to your point, and traded for A.J. Brown. Right. Like, I mean, the, the Bengals have T Higgins to pair with Jamar Chase. I think, you know, and people have kind of started to make this comparison. Like the Bills really are like the Cowboys of the AFC. It's Stephon Diggs and then literally Cole Beasley. Right. Like, so, you know, to your point, I, Bryce Butler is in the content game, too. So um, he's got a great YouTube channel that you should check out. If you're well, um, shout if out you're to Bryce Butler. I was just yeah. kind of like <laughs> spitballing. Like, I, I don't know who was the, the right, right, right. I don't remember all the receivers from I don't know what year that was. Two thousand sure. and. 15 um, or 16 something like that well, the, the rough year was the alan hearns year when they had hearns and deontay yeah. thompson and tavon austin like that was the really dark time um but so yeah like they that that was they they were so like tunnel vision focused on okay cd will, will replace amar it'll be like indiana jones swapping out one idol for the other that's great but you didn't like there are 10 other dudes on offense like dak is one of them and and granted you did kind of replace you know whatever you thought zeke was with tony pollard but that was where they failed and 
I, you know, I, I mentioned that I tweeted, you know, and asking people for what their number one concern is. And a lot of responses were that the front office is not going to be aggressive this offseason. And you and I were tweeting about this. Um, there are some Cowboys fans that are like, I hope the Eagles win the Super Bowl so that it proves to the Cowboys they have to not nah, miss me. Like, I not nah, no, nah, like I don't want that in any way, shape or form. Um, but do you think at this point it would just be hope because there's no evidence to support this claim? Do you can, can you envision a world where the Cowboys do kind of wake up and say, look, the Brandon Cardio was 11 years ago. Let's move on. Like we, we can finally pay some dudes in free agency. Or do you think we're going to get the same run of the mill, you know, patient. We like our guys approach. It should be mentioned. They were the last team in the NFL last offseason to sign an external free agent. They were the last one. And the guy they signed was James Washington, who didn't even make it through the whole season for them. What a joke, man. James Washington, he ends up over here with the Giants. I don't know if he does anything for them in the future. Uh, the kid Tolbert they drafted as oh. if he was going to be a factor, non-factor. Where's Odo Beckham was... Jr.? I got to hit Odell and tell him, hey, man, I know the Giants made a little bit of a run, but come to Dallas. That guy has torched the Cowboys every time he's played in Jerry World. Are you they should go that? get Odell like, Beckham Jr. Do you do you really want that? Like, I mean, if you're being for real, do you want them to sign Odell, or do you think and view that as like whatever the circus, or you think is associated with? Because that that if is he's healthy. We're, we're we're a few weeks away from that being a big talking point. If he's healthy, I think he's motivated. I think he's determined. I mean, the Cowboys picked up T. Y. Hilton, and T. T. Y. Hilton was productive, and I, I I don't know where he came from. I I was not even thinking about T. Y. Hilton as far as whether he was in the league, out of the league. And he comes in and he makes an impact. So that just right there showed you. Like, if you have – T.Y. Hilton is a proven NFL explosive wide receiver, and he's past his prime, still making an impact. Odell, if he wants to put that star in his helmet, do it. But honestly, I've made this comparison, and it sucks for me as a fan of both, right? The New York Yankees being this prestigious 27-time uh, champion and being able to live off of their past championships, but it's been 13 years since they went back to the World Series. The Cowboys have doubled that time frame since they've been back to a Super Bowl, but we they, they, there's a lot of parallels. They live off of their past. They live off of their history. And now they've taken a new approach where they don't spend. In those years where they were winning, they spent money. They knew you have to go get the guys that make a difference, and those guys cost. You know, you, you have to go spend that money. And I think that instead of Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones penny pitching or like, I don't care about Randy Gregory, but when it came out that Randy Gregory wasn't signed, it was something like, you know, some money on the back end of the deal that they didn't want to give him. So he went elsewhere. You, you're not going to win like that. You've been this close, right? You just put together back-to-back 12-win -to -back seasons. I said it sucks for Cowboys fans. There are so many Cowboys fans, and we have fun on Sundays during a regular season. But then there's this impending doom that's headed our way in the playoffs. You know who can change that? One or two game breakers can literally make a game. One or two guys on offense can literally take a five-yard pass to the house and change a game. You need those guys. You were lucky that C.D. Lamb fell into your lap, your lap in the draft. You know, you're lucky that Dak Prescott became what he became after being a fourth-round pick. Go out and get the, the, the proven commodities, the guys that are first-round picks that are no doubters that can literally change the game. I think to your point, and I don't want to say like everything they did was luck. Like, I think, you know, some Cowboys fans have returned to like, you know, chicken little skies falling. The front office is stupid. Nothing they do is right. Like, I'm I'm not quite there. Um, I think they deserve their flowers for a lot of things. They believed in Tyler Smith when, when I certainly didn't. Right. They, they believed in Sam Williams. And the, the, the Sam Williams thing to me seemed like Dan Quinn just trying to like manifest it. Right? Like, well, he reminds me of Micah Parsons. And like, yeah. well, lo and behold, holy crap. Well done, Dan Quinn. You were right. So like I'll give them their props on a lot of things. But they, they were really lucky that Leighton Vander Esch kind of turned his career around. Right. Like that wasn't necessarily expected. They were really lucky that Anthony Barr was able to supplement the loss that they had with Leighton to some degree. They were really lucky that Cavante Turpin was kind of a nice thing on, on special teams, although granted, you know, had his issues too. They were really lucky that Cooper Rush was able to help them, you know, survive yeah. after that. that. That's a position they haven't taken seriously in forever. And I, again, I give them credit for like, you know, adjusting to that. But I mean, Cooper Rush made his first start in the NFL in his sixth season as an undrafted free agent. Like that's not the path. You know, just because it was because you Ben DiNucci, bro. Ben DiNucci yeah. <laughs> went to my school. I played quarterback in New Jersey. I went to James Madison University out of high school. I I would never have had a shot to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Ben DiNucci did. 
they they hit the lotto. Like you like you know what I'm saying? Like just because like it worked with Cooper Rush does not mean like that is the path that you should pursue and like you know rely on that moving forward. Like even Dak, like, oh, we'll just like stumble into a quarterback, you know. So they got really lucky in a lot of ways. And so I worry, and I worried about this last year, coming off of the 21 season, that they were gonna look at, you know, the low-level free agent signings like J. Ron Curse, like Carlos Watkins, and all these, you know, other one-year deals, and that they were gonna double down on that because it worked for them. And they did, and it worked out again. Like kudos to you. You were right on I didn't believe in J. Ron Curse, and I'm super happy to be wrong in that sense. Um, but but you do like you brought up the Yankees. I, I'm I'm gonna bring up the Astros because I want to, but also because I think it's relevant. Um, so at the trade deadline. They traded for Trey Mancini and, you know, Christian Vasquez. And, like, those weren't, like, you know, like, massive swings or or things that really – but you know what? Trey Mancini had that critical out in the eighth inning in game Mm -hmm. five. Like, it was totally worth it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as an Astros fan, like – Totally worth it for that. And he he was terrible offensively throughout the World Series and really the entire postseason. But for that one out, for that one moment when Yuli got hurt and they needed something, like, that was not predictable, right? Like, the, the Cowboys, it feels like, would be like, oh, Yuli's fine. Like, he's always going to be there. Like, he's just going to play for a space. Like, we don't need to, like, have a, an emergency or contingency plan. But the Astros went out and got somebody who was able to handle that. And same thing with Christian Vasquez. Like, Martin Maldonado is a great, like, kind of Astro and, like, you know, blends with the culture and everybody likes him, whatever. But they... They hedged their bet and it worked out like he, Christian Vasquez called a no hitter in the World Series. You know what I mean? Like, like those those are the things that like you have to say, like, yeah, just because like this is good, like wide receiver two, we have Michael Gallup. Yeah, it's, there's a nice kind of thing going on there. Double down, triple down, like add like more, more, more. And that it feels like that's where they like aggression. If you want to win, you have to always be going for it. Right. Hedge your bet. If you think you're good, think that you can be better than good. Right. And I understand exactly what you're saying with the Astros analogy. They're always going for it at a Michael Brantley. They added right. Justin Verlander when Justin Verlander Yankees fans were saying the Yankees should have went and got him. Right. Like you, the they they develop their young talent. You got to do that. And then you also got to bring in free agents and you also got to be going for it at the deadline. And the Astros right. consistently do that. That is how you ensure that you'll be there at the end of the race. That's how you ensure that you can win a championship. You never know what situations might come up and you're prepared. You have insurance for those type of things. The Cowboys need to have more insurance going forward. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So of all the answers that I got, again, what is your main concern? These were the, the you know, this is what I asked Twitter. A um, lot of responses. Dak, Dak sucks, blah, blah, blah. Dak, whatever. So, like, again, we're all we're all on the same page like Dak has to be better but like you cannot just like say oh Dak's got to be better like poof that that's that's the solution to 2023 if Dak is better you know they put up 20 points in San Francisco no and I used to say this for years um the Cowboys built their 2015 team when they drafted Byron Jones and Randy Gregory and signed Lyle Collins they built that team like they were going to be able to pick up where Des caught it at Lambeau like you can't you know what I'm saying like like you can't like even the Astros like the Astros can't just rest on their laurels and say like oh we'll just win the World Series again no like you mentioned the word race you have to start from the like starting line again you don't get to start at the third mile or the 10th mile like you have to climb (laughs) yeah you have to climb the whole mountain again and that was where I thought the 2015 Cowboys aired and so I think it would be a mistake to say well okay Dak has to be better like that that's the solution because you know what might happen and this is a concern of mine You, you mentioned Micah I love Micah Parsons, although like miss me a little bit, Micah, with this like rooting for Lane Johnson thing. Like you're you're allowed to do what you want to do, Micah, but you know, we'll ha- we'll Micah needs there. to what? do less Twitter and less uh, social media. That's honestly what Micah needs to do. Your your play speaks enough for you, bro. We don't need all the uh, twittering. Um, 
He's reaching that point in like cowboy superstardom. Like every cowboy superstar eventually kind of like regresses from social media. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, you know, yeah. he's a little bit seasoned now. Um, so whatever. It's funny. His it's words good. Like, always get twisted. What was it? Didn't he say something about uh it was, it was um, like a military uh oh um I know what you're talking about. Um but it, I I know oh, what you're talking when, about. When when um Brittany Griner when That's Brittany Griner came back, he spoke on that. You don't have to speak out publicly on that and say, "Oh, well, you know, military like we left a military member behind." Micah, just just don't don't tweet. Like, say less, bro. Like, even the my, not my advice is say less. Like even the non-political things, because um, obviously that's that's a, a subject that a lot of people had opinions on. Um, he tweeted ahead of the conference championship games. Like, if you just talk about the football things, uh, he tweeted, "Well, every quarterback playing is is on a rookie contract," and so like that becomes like, well, "What are you trying to say?" Like, tax make, yeah, tax making too much money. Like, oh, oh so, I'm gonna want a big contract too. Yeah, we're gonna want them to pay you, but just say less on the whole thing. Like, right? You don't have to um, do that, bro. So okay. My my concern, and I'll get into the tw the Twitter replies in a moment here. Um, and I, I think Micah is the, the best defensive player in the NFL. I'm totally with you. Um, I also love the color rush jersey. That's a great look, uh, by the mm -hmm. way. I loved the look in Tennessee. It was great with the white helmets, white face mask. It was awesome. But um, they defied history a year ago. They were the one team to not regress from a turnover standpoint. They had all the sacks. Respect. You were the one out of a hundred team 2022 Cowboys. But regression is likely going to come for you in 2023. There's a hundred years of history to support this. You are likely going to generate fewer takeaways. You are probably going to generate fewer sacks. I mean, like it's. Do I remember? Um, and I mentioned this on a recent show. Um, Bill Simmons mentioned Jason Tatum's rookie year, and I'm I'm not like coming for Bill Simmons, but he said like this is the worst he's ever going to be. And I remember hearing that and being like, how do you know that? Like like just because he's a rookie doesn't mean like he's going to get better every single year. Like this might be the best he ever is, right? Like, and the example I used was Zeke. Like rook Zeke has never been better than he was as a rookie, right? Mm -hmm. And so like it's very possible that like these are the two best seasons Micah Parsons ever placed. That 2021 was the best season Trayvon Diggs ever placed, right? So like my concern is that there will be some regression on the defensive side of the ball but that everyone's going to assume things will stay status quo there all we got to do is fix the offense blah 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 and then this team winds up losing games 51 to 49 because their defense has all of a sudden been you know the subject to regression uh yeah and um uh, you just made me think of something with Trayvon Diggs man he could have made a couple plays in uh, that Niners game can't let him off Trayvon the hook too. I love yeah. that J-Ron curse we saw that uh you know, like the mic'd up where he was like, that ball hits you in the hands. It's not supposed to hit you in the hands. Like, you're supposed to pick that. But um, my concern with this team, I guess my major concern with this team is, again, surrounding Dak with talent. And that's not just on the field. That is with Mike McCarthy calling the plays or whoever they choose as the offensive coordinator. The focus has to be, hey, we have one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL he can't feel like it's on his shoulders every single play. He can't right. feel like it's just him and CeeDee Lamb out there and he's got to force the ball to CeeDee Lamb. He's got to feel like when he looks at the defense and he looks at his guys, he's got four options from receivers to tight end, running back, that he can get the ball to. The Cowboys officially have a running back problem. You're overpaying a wash Zeke who is not the player he once was. His dad came out and said he ain't taking less money. Well, he should. Um, if he wants to be a part of this team that's going to probably win another double-digit games and go to the playoffs next year, he should take less money. They shouldn't draft a running back one. What we've seen is that you can draft a running back in the last round that could potentially be effective, wait a little while, and and bring another running back into the fold or see what you you know can get with Malik Davis. The most important thing is finding the right offensive coordinator. I don't know if that's internally or if that's bringing in like Byron Leftwich um, to work with Dak and and Mike McCarthy. And uh, the line I feel actually pretty good about um, the offensive line. I actually feel fine about, but they need another but, explosive but wide need, receiver. They need a reliable swing tackle. Sorry, not to interrupt you, but like that, that bit them so hard and granted they landed on their feet, but like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like you cannot just like, like go get your version of Trey Mancini. was my point. Like mm -hmm. again, you know, they, they banked last year on Tyron staying healthy and that literally fell apart before the season even started. And again, kudos to you guys, Tyler Smith saved you, whatever, blah, blah. But you cannot just say like, Oh, Josh ball and Matt. Well, let's go our, our swing tackle options like that. That uh, didn't Terrence work last coming year. Back helps. And, uh, but like he could, like you know what I'm saying like anybody could get hurt at any like the Yuli right. thing. That's, gotta, that's what I think. Gotta have insurance. Like it's and football, that, like, they're gonna get hurt. 
and that's what I'm saying. Like as an Astros fan, I would have never ever thought like you know like heading into the World Series, and that's why like, I keep coming back to this. I like my concern would have been like, well, what happens if Altuve gets hurt or Jeremy gets hurt? Like you know what I mean? Like I would have or Jordan, like right? Like I would have gone through all the big things, but like what happens if Yuli gets hurt? Like all of a sudden you're down your first baseman. Like that is a ripple effect that that impacts every single thing. And so it's like, what happens if Terrence Steele isn't ready week one? They told us Michael Gallup would be last year. That didn't happen. You know what happens if Tyler Smith gets hurt? Like you know what I mean? Like what happens if a, it's football? Reinforcement like, injuries happen. You, you have, have to you have to you cannot ever assume you're safe anywhere. And and it worked out for them last year with their depth guys. Like I said, Tyler Smith playing left tackle, Cooper Rush, even at kicker. They went to camp with Jonathan Garibay and Lareem Hirulahu is their two options that failed miserably. They they got so lucky that they brought Brett Maher back and that he was amazing. And everybody obviously rightfully felt badly for him um, near the end of things. But like that you're not guaranteed to hit the lotto every single time you buy a scratch off. Right. Most likely not. You got to have reinforcements. You got to hedge your bets and you got to have insurance on every position. There's got to be multiple guys. So they got to stack the deck. Can they stack the deck financially? Can they stack the deck by hitting in the draft? I think they can. I've seen them draft well, like spend a little money for some of the spots that you feel like you need a guy. Honestly, I want them to draft a corner first round I, like i wanted a corner of the year we got micah we kind of lucked into that the top two corners came off the board there's the best defensive player in the draft waiting for us but it, it, you can't fall into it anymore you can't be so lucky anymore you got to kind of you know aim at your targeting and, and, and go get it even the micah thing and i've said this many times i don't want to like relitigate it but like that that pick did not make sense. Like they drafted an off-ball linebacker with the twelfth overall pick. Like again, he became this monster. Like, and if you had known that, obviously it makes sense. But like, you cannot spend that resource on an off-ball linebacker, which is what they did in a technical, literal sense. Again, they pivoted and deserve credit for that. They looked um, into okay. it. And remember well, and the Giants and the Eagles right before that with the whole Devonte Smith, right? Like... <laughs> they, and they and Justin Fe- and and the pick that became Justin Fields that my dog is obviously pumped about. Um, we did a really interesting what if episode a year ago, wondering like whether it was worth Washington winning the division in 2020. Cause if not, they would have been sitting where New York was and they could have taken fields and they'd have, you know, whatever. But um, okay. So I'm going to try to like encapsulate all of the responses into some rapid fire concerns. A lot of people are concerned about the running back situation. So Keith, um, again, this is like a blitz portion of things. Would you, so would you move on from Zeke restructure or just keep things as is if you have to pick one path? I just think Zeke, has got a friendship with Dak and probably a lot of guys. Like, we don't think about off the field what that type of stuff does. Sure. Zeke could potentially, you know, have another good offseason or something and be all right. I think you restructure. I don't think you move on from him. I think you restructure and you keep him around. So you're willing to keep him around if the price is right, so to speak. If the price is right. He's obviously overpaid and Jerry Jones got finessed in that whole Cabo situation. (laughs) Um, But if he doesn't want to, you know, take less, then he's got to go. He's got to go. I agree with that. Um, okay, so Tony Pollard, do you bring him back? This has shades of Michael Gallup. Um, I mentioned we're recording this Wednesday, Tuesday night. Um, the Dallas Morning News reported that he had a procedure on his right knee um, just to kind of clean things up. It's worth mentioning it was his left knee that had the ACL a year ago. So nice had injuries to both uh, over the last whatever it is, like 14 months. He, he may never be the same player, but he's our guy. We drafted him and he became with us, depending on what the market is for TP, you bring TP back as well. So you would bring Tony Pollard back. You're not worried with the way Gallup, you know, that I'm concept. worried. I'm worried. And it depends what, like I said, what he commands on the free market, on the open market. If someone's going to pay him ridiculous money for damaged goods, then sorry. See you later, Tony. But he's our guy. You bring him back and you hope that he works out and trains well with us and can return to form. Would you bring back Leighton Vanderesh? I'm ready to move on from Leighton Vanderish. Um, get paid too. Like I think I know. Play I know he's going to get paid, and I know he was a first round pick. But I just think there's so much young talent out there, especially like in this upcoming draft at linebacker. You can find another guy that can fly around. Leighton did what he could for us, and he's had some good times, but he's also been injured a lot. I would move on from Leighton Vanderish. Yeah, I think people are pumped and kind of ready to see Demone Clark. Granted, a year ago mm-hmm. at this time we were excited to see Jabril Cox, and that didn't exactly work out. Um, okay. Um, a lot of the concerns are about Dak corner corner is an interesting position. Would you bring Anthony Brown back or let him walk? I would, I would move on from Anthony Brown. I'm just over it. 
And I just don't think he gives it like, look at our division, who they have to face. Like the, you know, the, the Eagles are stacked at wide receiver. Uh, the, the, now the commanders are, and the giants, that was their biggest hole. They're going to fill that hole. Like they're going to be better. All of these offenses are going to be good. Like you need a shutdown corner. We don't have one. And Diggs, I don't consider a shutdown corner. I mean, the Kelvin Joseph miss is really costly right now because yeah. there's there's a lot of top needs. And I would argue if you do move on from Anthony Brown, and I'm not opposed to that, that's your top need. Like you, you need a, a starting Draft. corner. Joey Porter I mean, Jr. Like, Joey Porter Jr. <laughs> if he's like, there. Deron Bland is is great, but like this is what we do. We end up like okay, he had an awesome rookie season, and then we put like the weight of the world on him, and then he doesn't we live up to those. into that. And he's a rookie, and then when you're in a game, these offensive coordinators are looking like okay, barbecue chicken. There's a rookie. They're circling him. They're going at him. This rookie is gonna get cooked in this game. Um, a lot of people are concerned with the fact that Mike McCarthy is gonna call plays. I've said that I think this is a good idea. Not necessarily because I think that it's going to go well. Obviously, that's my hope. But you have to, and I've, people have heard me say this, like, you have to learn. You have to know. You, like, if, if you go the entire McCarthy era without ever seeing him call plays, that's a failure. Like, the, the dude made his way in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball. You have to see what he's got there. And if you don't, then why did you bring him in in the first place? So, at the very least, it's a good thing because you're, you're gonna, we're going to know a year from now whether or not Mike McCarthy's worth keeping around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's uh, a lot of us that don't even trust the guy to call timeouts, let alone call plays. But <laughs> I'm with you on the fact that, like, this is what this guy has done in the past. You got to see uh, he took on Kellen Moore. That wasn't his pick. You know, right. he was here before McCarthy got in. Now it's time. Something had to give. Something had to change. Kellen Moore, we'll see what he does with, you know, uh, Jay Herbo and the Chargers. I don't I don't really expect them to be much greater with him. Uh, it, it's time to see what McCarthy can do. And maybe that locks him into the game more where he does have better clock management and is better at calling timeouts because he's calling plays. I think it's on him and Dak. They got to really spend some time this offseason together and figure out how they're going to move forward. A lot of people's concern is like these are the anti running back in the first round people. And obviously, like we're all super sensitive to that because of the Zeke thing. So a lot of people are like, I would be really panicked if they drafted Bijan Robinson in the first round. I, I'm not like. I think we've gone a little bit far with the like hating the running backs taken in the first round because again, we, we have a lot of emotional scars from this. Um, there's a big difference between the fourth overall pick and the 26th overall pick. Um, but that being said, if, if, if the Cowboys walked away from Zeke, didn't resign Pollard, but they took Robinson with their first round pick, would, would that send like, what, what, what side of the fork is that sending you down? Like, Oh, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm gassed. Like, you know, Super Bowl or same old, same old. This team literally learned nothing over the last seven years. Yeah. It'd be more same old, same old. Uh, Brees Hall was drafted in the second round for the jets. And before he got hurt, he was breaking games open. Um, you can find talent and, and the NFL has shifted. There's no reason to take a Leonard Fournette in the first round. Like there's no, there's no reason to take an Ezekiel Elliott, in a top pick like that in this league it's a passing league everything has shifted to the air game you can find a guy like i know james robinson is kind of you know falling off a cliff but his rookie right. year he, he was a beast you can find a guy that can run the ball and you don't have to take the top guy off the board and the cowboys that's not their they have a running back problem right now but that's not their number one need there we'll see who falls to them at 26 but there's going to be a more impact player than a running back especially when you're you're in an offense where you're you're you know you're throwing the ball to to CD Lamb. It's on Dak. The running back is not going to be necessarily the the biggest factor. I don't want them taking Robinson in the first round. I agree with you. The fact that James Robinson has already fallen off of a cliff is again like more proof at how short the shelf life is for the running back position. And I I don't know how I feel if, whether or not Malik Davis should have gotten more touches. I mean, it's such an important game. But but you the think fact they didn't that, trust him? Like he that, didn't. He had three. I think three plays after t Tony went down and it's like, you know, Zeke is slow. You know, he's not breaking anything open. At, at least this Malik Davis kid could give us a spark. I, I think it's possible. Dak took a sack that where he, where he I mean, he just got like attacked right away that it felt like was an intended handoff to Malik. But I mean, even if that had been a handoff, I mean, you're talking who would have gotten one touch, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's not like it would have been a big difference, but I think it's possible and I think it's fair to not trust an undrafted rookie, right? Like in, in a playoff game where you're trying to do something you haven't done in 27 years. But I think even if, 
if you think there was 1% merit towards giving Malik Davis touches over Zeke in the playoff loss, the fact that that is a non-zero quantity is proof that like we're, we're talking about an undrafted free agent rookie having even 1%, but you know, a non-zero quantity level of merit against one of the highest paid running backs on the NFL. It's just, it's yeah. more proof that like you have to live somewhere in the middle on all of this. That's what I'm saying. You can't go all the way and say like, oh, and I know you're not, but like every year, let's just get undrafted free agent running backs. Let's just take dudes in on day three. Like there, there is a happy medium, but like you cannot live on the extreme that you've been. That's why I like this Bijan Robinson thing. I get that it's like low hanging fruit and people eat it up and, I went to Texas A&M, so it's unfortunate. But, like, there's a lot of Longhorns who root for, you know, uh, for the Cowboys. So you've got that, like, middle of the Venn diagram. But, like, this this just doesn't hold up. This doesn't make any logical sense. Saquon Barkley, that's another one. These Giants mm. fans, they didn't, they didn't even – they quit on him going into this year. And now they don't know whether they want to pay him or not. Um, one of the, the concerns is how they're going to address wide receiver. Do you think that they should – not whether they will, but do you think they should add? I mean, you mentioned Odell, but like that level of a receiver, like a legitimate starting opposite of CeeDee Lamb quality wide receiver, you'd probably have to pay for that, obviously. Um, like, like, do you want to see them, for lack of a better way to put it, make one of the trades for this year's version of AJ? Like the AJ Brown trade is so frustrating how wonderful that worked out for the Eagles. But like, you don't have to pull off the Devontae Adams trade or the Tyreek Hall trade. Even the Hollywood Brown trade last year would have helped your team significantly. A lot of people throwing out DeAndre Hopkins, but like, do you think that that we're at the point with a lack of trust in Michael Gallup where that's necessary? I just think like Michael Gallup, I don't want to knock Michael Gallup, but he's not like, you know, I mean, Dak missed him a couple of times, but he's not that guy, kind of guy. You put a you put an Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. across from CeeDee Lamb. They're both weapons. They're both threats. They can do it all. Uh, if you trade for someone, yeah, but like you don't have to give up anything but money to get an Odell. I think Odell is is more of a shiny option now than he was during the season, right? He couldn't play. Uh, they have so to address that. These are, I'm, I'm just looking at kind of the, the surface level free agent wide receiver. So I'm going to play a little game, Michael Gallup or this person. Money's a, uh, not a factor here. So if you just have to play a game and you have to pair one of these wide receivers with CD Lamb, who do you prefer, Michael Gallup or Michael Thomas? Oof. Michael Thomas can't guard Mike if he's healthy, if he's healthy, <laughs> but that's a big if. if like My, Michael Gallup or Nelson Aguilar? Gallup. DJ Chark. Gallup. Julio Jones. Gallup again. Jacoby Myers. Gallup again. I don't I guess I'm saying, I don't want to kill Mike. Mike is a good uh, receiver. But he's just Juju. not like he's like a third. And Juju is another guy that's like, I don't know, uh, good for him getting in the Super Bowl, but like they're not moving the needle for me. Yeah, I mean this I mean I'm like two lines away from Randall Cobb. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not an impressive free agency class at wide receiver. I mean, T.Y. Hilton is like one of the better options to, to kind of serve the point. But again, he was already kind of the second best. He wants receiver. to come back. Odell Beckham Jr. I think can be a game breaker. And uh, try and draft. Try and draft a wide receiver. That That's I where I'm, I mean, I'm a missed, little different. But... I, I love T.Y., but I don't need him back. You know what I mean? Like, I mean... I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I think it would be foolish to like have your entire season built upon. Like if, if, if TY is one of the bottom pieces of your Jenga tower, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. TY can be one T. of the, now? 33? He's, he's over 30. I mean, he was drafted in 2012. So he, 33, he like, yeah. if he's like, again, at the top of my Jenga tower and I'm talking like final pieces left on the table, totally fine with TY being one of them. And, and again, it, it worked out, but like, can he be one of the like foundational pieces of your Jenga tower? No, you know no. what I mean? And that's, that's not a, a but what, it, on what it is, bro. Is it is. We saw him make an impact late and it's like, maybe there's more from there. Yeah. There could be more from any other receiver that can make an impact. There wasn't that many impact receivers for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say this and I haven't said this yet. So I'm still kind of like, you know, cooking the take. Did he really make an impact? Ty, I mean, he had the third and thirty. Like that's a forever moment. Like, well, like you know, put it on some T-shirts and whatever. Like it'll be people's Twitter headers forever. Third and thirty, awesome. He had some nice catches in the Titans game. Other than that, what did he do? Yeah, wasn't I mean, wasn't that I mean, much? But, of an but like it, the bar it seemed was like so an impact low because yeah, it was like him and Noah Brown and him and Michael Gallup and Michael Gallup. Like is Michael Gallup to me is a red zone threat. And I mean, when he's open, Dak missed him and Dak has forced some passes to him. They got to figure out the receiver room. That's what I'm CD, saying. I think TD is was... exactly what we, we want and what we need. 
but he needs a uh, Robin to his Batman. Exactly. Like for me, CD is filet mignon, right? Like best meal you can possibly have. But other than that, I mean, everything else is like, you know, ramen, right? Like you're, you're just kind of like, whatever, getting by, getting by. T.Y. Yeah. comes in, he's like a, an order of Chick-fil-A. And all right, dude, respect. But like this still <laughs> isn't like, you know, like we, we've nah. convinced ourselves because it's it's so much better than ramen that it's like this. And I love Chick-fil-A. But we like, can do you know, better. we can be yeah, eating ex- a lot better. Exactly. We can get some Whataburger. Um, I don't know if you've had any like um, any point. But no, like, if you one time, and I need to get back to Dallas. The one time I went to Dallas, I... I forget where I stayed and I wasn't far from a Whataburger and I did, just didn't end up going over there because I was just so like entrenched with all the Cowboys stuff. Oh, dude. But I got to try Whataburger next time. Um, okay, Keith, closing thoughts. We'll have you on again at some point later in the offseason and kind of check in. So like when we have a conversation again, what do you hope is different? What do you hope has changed? What do you want to have seen um, the Cowboys do or do not do? I mean, like give, give us a little bit of a checklist for us to revisit. Uh, maybe hire an offensive coordinator. That that will happen. I'm, so, I'm so certain that they will hire someone uh, to do the job at least. Definitely hire an offensive coordinator first. Make some decisions on the roster, even if they're tough decisions of, you know, who to move on from, who to restructure. And uh, if I'm on, I mean, maybe I'm on before or after the draft, but address some issues in the draft, right? Have a solid draft. Have another draft that we're like, okay, we feel like some of these guys can come in and make an impact. Uh, every team finds at least one or two guys that can come in and play. And I feel like in this NFL, you know, these kids are coming in more ready than ever to play. You know, they go to camps and they're mm-hmm. like, they're training and they know film and they know like, find the guys, plug in these these young guys that can come in and make an impact right away. I like that. Um, my answer is much more vague. I'm going to say, you know, the meme of the dude playing video games, like when he takes it seriously, like, you know, what I'm saying, like the guy that sits up or whatever, yeah. like be that guy. That That's Lock what I want to see. Yeah. You know, Lock like in. that's I, I want to see something that, that shows me you're that guy. Be James Click in 2022 with the Houston Astros. That's that's where I'm at. Like, show us some and not actually be more than James Click. Be Howie Roseman with, with the Eagles. I hate to say mm-hmm. that, but like they own you like they 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 are they own this like. And I think that's where we've gotten so like Dak seven to three against the Eagles, but like, oh, Dak owns the Eagles. That's true, but they own everything else, right? <laughs> like, like you, you have this one cool thing. Regu- in, what do we care about of- the regular season, bro? Right. That's why I said it's a party for us watching the, the Cowboys September, October, November. Then as soon as we get closer to December, and as soon as we get to January, it's doomsday. Like you said, we want to feel like they're going the extra, not mile. It's not even a mile. You have to go go the extra three feet it's a right? it's a click to go back to james click the, like the unit of measurement click just just add the insurance add the reinforcements go the little extra step that shows us you're serious about winning a championship because this has been unserious for the last 27 years uh keith mcpherson everybody follow him on twitter you do the underscore i'm not a fan of it myself but keith underscore McPherson. somebody has my name all is one so i know but you could have gone like <laughs> keith mcpherson like and then a number like i like the, the number better than the underscores like the underscore is so complicated to get to on the keyboard and you have to hit like shift and like the symbols and stuff. my apologies I just, um, somebody had my name all is one and uh i don't know i i just do the underscore in the middle it's like a space so people can read first name last name I would have probably picked like eight or 11. I was a Troy Aikman guy growing up. Let's see. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, I got to move down there. You got quite the setup here. Ah, uh, that no, is right a here. white. So, I, yes. Let me see if I can take it off. I drew this in fourth grade, and this got on NFL Films for Man of the Year. Holy Proof. crap. That is so cool. Fourth grade. I can't, I'm always backwards on the camera. And I drew this to Troy Aikman in the fourth grade and they featured it on NFL films. You so even drew not, the NFL films logo. Like, er, not very at well at, at like nine, 10 years old, but still I, um, where is it? One second. I have this little, I don't think it's a bobblehead, but these used to be a thing in the nineties. It's like a little figurine. And it, this, this looks like the Troy you drew. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like almost the exact same silhouette that you drew. Granted, you have the helmet involved. Holy crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up, bro. Can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Keith, I don't know. Got the same exact one. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what just happened here, but some, it was very special. Uh, Universe never unconnects. That's what I always the, say. We were, we were meant to connect audience, one day. 
really missed if you if you are listening to the podcast go check out the youtube channel and head to the 54 50 whatever five minute mark because uh keith and i just um this was like um like when when like lightsabers are like you know battling and like this like the force just like lived and, and broke between us uh that was really cool um yeah. keith um really just a huge fan of what you're doing thanks for stopping by we'll definitely circle back and get you on a couple more times throughout the off season uh to kind of check things out and maybe go through like more cowboys artifacts uh because obviously you have a ton of them um final thoughts you can give us life advice something to watch on netflix whatever you want then we'll get out of here i don't watch netflix i only watch live sports we joke around on the radio like i don't i just don't the only thing that keeps my interest is like a live football basketball baseball hockey like i need to see live action to be compelled um what i'll say is this for the cowboys fans that are feeling down it's tough you get trolled uh trust me Mm -hmm. i go through it i'm a new york city radio host and I, I didn't hide my fandom being on air. And I, I have said that, you know what, this was the first time I actually thought about, and I'm not going to change, but this is the first time I actually thought about not being a Cowboys fan, right? Or at least turning down my fandom because what does it do for my career being in New York as a Cowboys fan? Like maybe I should lean into the Jets. I don't ever see myself leaning into the Giants because I've hated them forever, but I, I respected what they did this year. What I'll say is keep the faith. You know, it's not forever. I feel like Jerry Jones is cursed, but maybe you can break that curse, right? The Cubs went 108 years thinking they were cursed. The Red Sox thought that they were cursed, and then the curse was broken. So this the phrase I tell fans is, is stay down till you come up. We're going to come up. We've been up. We just haven't broken through to get back to an NFC championship or Super Bowl. But we have the talent. We have arguably the best defensive player in the league. And uh, I think if these guys do what RJ said is, you know, lean in and play the game for real, lock in and take it serious, take that next step. Um, We're closer than we are further away. Like we're closer to a Super Bowl and we've been in this last two years um, than, than, you know, years before. Remember those those eight and eight, 500 years? Like we're far from there. Uh, The Cowboys can get back to the Super Bowl sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing, but to your point, they were a playoff team in back-to-back years. 12 wins, like, they, they broke all sorts of, like, weird, stupid streak things. I mean, like, they're they're now turning into, like, a team that is there every year. And if you're one of those teams, odds are that eventually fate will smile upon you. So you're right. It is a bit of a process, and it requires some patience. Um but you know, if it can happen to the Cubs, I always think about the um, the MLB the Show commercial where the like old man cut his beard off when the and, like the the Cubs won the World Series on the show. Um, yeah. It was like a really you know it was a that was no, a such a great commercial. Um, but um, but we can be that old man, I guess is is um, the right way to end this. And it's not uh, even he, that long. It's not even that long, man. All of us are fans. Well, not all of us, but a lot of us are fans from the glory days. We will return to glory. This is going to motivate Dak Prescott, and this is going to be a part of the story when the Cowboys get back to a Super Bowl and win it. It's just going to spawn another 30 years of diehard Dallas Cowboys fans. How about them? If losing didn't hurt so bad, then winning wouldn't feel so good. Uh, Keith, thank you for joining us. We'll see you soon. Have a good one, man. Want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Keith McPherson for taking the time to join us here on the Ocho on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We have so much going on here on the network. We're still working on things, tweaking things, figuring out how we can be better. Uh, please make sure you do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a rating, write a review. We also have a lot of things happening all the time on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. So please make sure you subscribe over there. Some of our things are accessible in both places, like this show. You can, of course, listen to it here or watch it over there. We're going to be doing a lot of interviews with people um, here on the Ocho throughout the offseason, so we definitely want to make sure you can watch them. By the way, a little birdie told me that we have at least two special interviews next week uh, as a part of, um, I wouldn't say like Radio Row coverage, but as a part of the... um, you know, the uh, glitz and glamour that Super Bowl Radio Row Week can be. So uh, be on the lookout for two potential Hall of Famers to join us. I don't want to offer anything as a promise. You know how it is. I you know, sometimes things you know are canceled or postponed last minute, but um, if, if everything goes according to plan, we should have two people here on the podcast next week as guests, different episodes that will both wind up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. There's a little bit of a tease for you. Um, I mentioned to please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast networks. If you can, leave a rating and write a review. Like I said, those things are very helpful. And we do want to always read the reviews that we get. So uh, we have a new one, uh, and it is very kind to me. Um, so I, I do want to thank TYRN21 for the five-star rating, and it is titled Thanks. RJ, 
I love all the podcasts that Arjun and his staff have put together for Cowboys Nation to enjoy, although very disappointing in another playoff exit. I woke up January 23rd to listen to RJ as I knew he would provide the right perspective for me. I am a diehard fan like so many of us, and that will never change. However, RJ over the past three years of listening to him has changed my feelings and perspective surrounding the team and has reminded me to not take it so serious and to not be a pessimistic fan like so many of our fans are. Life goes on and family is number one at the end of the day. Thanks again, RJ. I'm already excited to see Dak and the Cowboys attempt to reload and get back uh, another chance in 2023 and 2024 um that was a much better job of understanding the date and the proper year that we're in than i showed at the beginning of all this and i do want to say this as we kind of close if you have followed me uh for a few years uh, and this is something i've been thinking about a little bit as of late i know that i have been a little bit um negative right i was you know thought and and i i talked about this as as the season kind of you know ended obviously we didn't know it was going to end but um this 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 season that's my son again uh this season really changed me and maybe maybe being a father is part of that but um i no longer feel the the negative things like there are things the cowboys do that bother me don't be you know misguided don't get that wrong but I'm I'm willing to give them a chance. I mean, I, I think that sometimes, you know, when a Cowboys season ends, there are a lot of people who kind of line up the pitchforks and get ready to say, well, they're stupid for this and they're stupid for that. And I've been that person to some degree. Um, but But there are a lot of things that they are doing and that they have done that they deserve credit for and they deserve some props for. And so um, I'm excited. I I do think that they have earned some trust. I know everything, obviously, that Keith and I talked about was kind of a lack of trust. And I will admit, like, the jury is out on a lot of things. But there's a difference between the jury being out and the jury being decided of a verdict of guilty. And that's where I've been in the past. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to give the Cowboys my heart this offseason. Um, now, maybe they crush it and, and that leads to, um, you know, a negative experience. But but who knows? There's a crying baby in the background. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Maybe you can't hear him. Maybe I made a, a big old show about that and you couldn't even hear him. Who knows? Um, I hope you have the best day ever. I hope you have the greatest Thursday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.